The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the twelfth chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today, and its tomorrow is thrown into the oven. How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Okay, let's face it. Giving me a haircut is not much of a challenge. So I just go to a place where it's next stop. I walk in and I take the first chair that comes open. Last time I got the new guy, the apprentice. It wasn't a problem until the very end when he put a straight razor to my neck to finish up. Then I started thinking to myself, I wonder if this new guy has ever used a straight razor before. I thought, since my heart attack, I'm on blood thinners, so if he didn't pay attention in barber school, this could be a real mess. Then I thought, if this new guy isn't careful, he could probably kill me. He could kill me right here in the barber chair. And so goes the progression today in the Gospel from being anxious, verse 22, to being worried, verse 29, to real fear in verse 32. This morning, whether you are focused on your health or your kids or your work or your world, I'm sure that you have your own challenges with anxiety and worry and fear. Logically, it's easy for us to agree with Jesus and to see that anxiety and worry and fear are debilitating wastes of time. But just knowing that in our heads does not stop the damage. Most days we are not that strong or that good. So our anxieties can begin to steal our appetite and our sleep, leaving us hungry and weary. 
and our worries can beat us down and make us feel weak and worthless and isolate us from all the others who seem to be so happy and so together. And our fears can ruin our hopes and bring us to despair and even leave us wondering if God really loves us. And then it gets worse because our worries and our fears give Satan a soft spot to attack. First he fertilizes our anxieties and then he sows a few new lies on top to choke off any good stuff that might grow and to increase the harvest of fear and worry. He uses our health issues or the times when our kids get in trouble or the stress at work or the viciousness of our world to irritate us and depress us and paralyze us so that our lives become unfruitful. Satan even tries to destroy our faith in Christ so that we stop going to church and stop reading scripture and stop trusting the promises of our Heavenly Father and stop believing that Jesus forgives everything and stop praying for the Holy Spirit who creates and sustains faith. This is what Jesus is up against in the Gospel for today. He just got done telling the parable of the rich fool about a man who refused to tend the difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. And now Jesus sharpens the point for his disciples, the ones who must be ready to shepherd his church once he dies and rises and ascends to heaven. He is speaking to the ones who must resist being distracted and undone by the shiny objects of life. To this little flock, verse 32, with such little faith, verse 27, Jesus says, do not be anxious, do not worry, and do not fear. In one way that is utterly defeating for us, if we could stop being anxious, and if we could stop worrying, and if we could stop being afraid, we would. Because anxious and worried and afraid is a miserable way to go through life. But we cannot. So if we hear Jesus' words as the law, that I alone must uproot all the anxieties and worries sown into my heart, sown there by the devil and the world and my own sinful flesh, then that's just one more thing that I'm not good at. One more failure. One more thing I cannot do. So my weakness becomes even more obvious and my fears only increase. But there is another way to hear this command, and it is the way of pure joy. First, 
like this little flock in the gospel for today, you and I are disciples too because we were baptized. We've been taught the scriptures and we have learned to pray and we have received the Holy Supper. This means that Jesus is joined with his flesh and his blood to you and to me. It is just as Luther said, that in the Holy Supper we are cemented to Christ. So Jesus and his Father and the Holy Spirit are always for us and never against us. We belong to the family of the Holy Trinity. We are his beloved too. We are children of God. That is who we are. So while Jesus warns us and corrects us from love, children, your anxiety and worry and fear just are not good for you. That love also means that Jesus never condemns us. Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, verse 1. Instead, as always, Jesus himself goes to work for us, not only on the cross, but every day, and all the way home from this life to the next. We have a poetic way of saying this. We say, Jesus really speaks to my fear which means something like, Jesus really understands me and he consoles me. But this text encourages us to think more literally that Jesus actually speaks to my fear. That Jesus actually tells my anxiety, my worry, and my fear to go, to get lost. So when I feel anxious or worried or afraid, or worse, when I feel that I am under spiritual attack, then I remember that Jesus' words do what they say. Jesus says, let there be light, and there is light. Jesus says, peace, be still, and the sea is peaceful and still. Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And death must let Lazarus go as he comes back to life. Jesus says, Begone, Satan. And after the third temptation in the wilderness, Satan flees. So when Jesus says to your anxiety and to mine, to your worry, to your fear, no more, go, they too must obey. And like the devil, they must flee. And we, with open hands of faith, receive his healing words and his powerful peace as a gift and a blessing. When Jesus himself chases away our fears by reminding us that he loves us and he baptized us and he forgives us and he speaks to us in scripture and he listens to us in prayer and he puts his holy body and blood into us again this morning at this altar and he is always for us and he is never against us. Then Jesus also opens our eyes to see that like the birds and the lilies, 
Our Heavenly Father knows what we need, and he is hard at work every day to provide it for us. It is just as St. John said, perfect love casts out all fear. Jesus' love for us really is perfect, so he really does speak to our fears, and he casts them out. In the kingdom of God, our cure is never to try and cure ourselves. Our cure is the gift of the one whose love blesses us with treasures that are beyond us, including no anxiety, no worry, and no fear. And this is the gift that is yours today, here in this place, at the altar and lectern and pulpit and font. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.